Hi, Green Junkie. I'm your host, Stephanie Moran, and today we're talking about greenwashing. No, unfortunately, it's not a new hip method you can use to wash your clothes or your dishes. Greenwashing is when brands such as H&M spend a crap ton of money advertising their products as environmentally friendly when, in fact, nothing about it is considered green. Simply put, greenwashing is when brands trick consumers into thinking they're environmentally friendly instead of actually using time and money to implement environmentally friendly practices. It's very deceptive and misleading when you see a green label on a food product claiming it's 100% organic or shop fashion lines named the Conscious Collection when that, when that it's entirely untrue. And I'm looking at you, H&M. Some companies go as far as self-declaring their own certifications to make them sound even better. And there are many more deceptive tactics that you'll be surprised to hear about. In this episode, Green Junkie, I will teach you about the types of greenwashing and how to potentially avoid it. Please subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you use. Now let's dive into the different types of greenwashing. The number one, images. When companies use nature, trees, fields of flowers, leaves, animals, and the color green for their products or the packaging. This is misleading because most of the time, there's nothing green or sustainable about the actual product or company. They're slathering the color green everywhere to associate themselves with positive environmental attributes. So a lot of people, when they see the color green, they're like, oh, wow, that must be a green company. I have fallen for this. And sometimes when I see a product, I'm like, oh, they must be like super into the environment. And I pick it up and I'm like, "Uh, they almost got me. Consumers believe because these images are being used, they're purchasing a better product. So here's an example. When a laundry detergent company uses green fields and flowers to lure their consumers in, when in fact the laundry detergent is full of harmful toxins to not only the people, but the planet. Be aware that genuinely eco-friendly products use simpler images and plain packaging. Not always, but most of the time, because they want to reduce their environmental impact. (laughs) And they don't need to use these tactics to get exposure and to get people to buy their products. Number two, misleading and vague labels. When companies and advertisers use words like non-toxic, certified, 100% recyclable, biodegradable, organic, these are all buzzwords. So there's a good chance that these labels are self-created and self-declared without any supportive information to prove the same. The company is only using words that sound good to the consumer, but in reality, they're way too vague, general, or can be an outright lie. First, know what you're looking at. Real labels to look out for are the USD organic. And just a side note, many countries have their own organic standards when it comes to um, their labeling. So just just, you know, in Canada, we have a completely different label as well. So just a total side note. So the USD organic is a half white, half green circle, and true organic produce must be grown on soil that has no prohibited substances. And again, I've mentioned this uh, a bunch of times, just because something's organic and certified organic does not mean that they don't use pesticides. They are using better pesticides. We also have the fair trade label. 
This is a label that you find on tea, coffee, chocolate, fruit, flowers, clothing, you know, different healthcare potentially. It's black and green picture of a person holding a bowl. And if we look at the definition of what the fair trade certification means, I found it on fairtradecertified.org. You can go check it out and read all about fair trade. It says, when you see a product with the fair trade certified seal, you can be sure it meets rigorous social, environmental, and economic standards. That means safe working conditions, environmental protection, sustainable livelihoods, and community development. Like I said, you can go read more about it, but that is a label to look for on your products. Another label that's super misleading that I wanted to add is 100% recyclable. So I'm going to give you an example. Somebody bought, I don't know what the, exactly that they bought, and it came in a bag, like a plastic bag, and it said 100% recyclable on it. It probably is 100% recyclable, but that type of plastic bag is like rarely taken on curbside recycling. So when in fact the plastic is probably recyclable, it's super misleading and it's super vague because if we were to actually put that plastic in the recycling, if I put it in my recycling, it would jam the machines. It would take more time to take it out of the recycling as they're separating everything. So I guess I just want to say that companies need to take more responsibility for their labeling. Another one is biodegradable, very different from compostable. That is a whole other episode. But what really gets me down on the biodegradable thing is that everything is actually biodegradable to some point. Plastic will biodegrade. <laughs> so just because the label says it's biodegradable, I'm totally using that in quotation, doesn't mean it's better for the environment at all. You want to look for compostable because that means it actually will compost. <laughs> so like I said, plastic is technically biodegradable. <laughs> so just look for those buzzwords. A couple of other labels that are good labels to look for are cruelty-free, certified vegan, and certified B Corporation. Certified B Corp, this is a black label, and in order to qualify for it, corporations must meet the minimum requirements of ethical impact on workers, customers, community, and the environment. With all this said, when it comes to misleading and vague labels is to do your homework. Just because it says 100% recyclable, just because it says it's biodegradable and non-toxic doesn't mean it actually is. Number three, the ploy. <laughs> Many companies make part of their product green to make you believe that the actual product is sustainable. This could be when a company creates packaging that looks eco-friendly because the outside is made of paper, but the inside of the packaging is still plastic. The company is boosting the fact that they're using paper when in reality, the packaging is still made of plastic and is indeed still hurting the environment and the company's reputation. So an example was there was a cleaning, I don't know if it's still out there, but there was a laundry detergent company that was boosting the fact that like, hey, we're using paper in our packaging, but all they did was take a plastic bottle and wrap it in paper. <laughs> so in actuality, they were creating more waste because they were adding paper to their packaging. So people saw this packaging, they're like, wow, they're using paper. But then when you opened it up, it was just plastic inside. It's so deceiving. And the average person and the average consumer isn't taking the time to check this out. So this is one way that companies are really trying to trick their consumers. It's very rare for large companies to stay true to their promises when it comes to green products. 
A few commonly known examples where companies used green marketing only to increase their sales, but weren't actually being environmentally friendly. I don't know if you remember when Volkswagen came out with their clean diesel. Volkswagen released an ad campaign to debunk the fact that diesel was bad. And it actually emitted fewer pollutants than regular gas. The truth revealed that Volkswagen rigged over 11 million of its diesel cars with forged or cheat emission tests. The clean diesel vehicles emitted pollutants at levels of up to 40 times that of regular gas. I don't remember when this happened, but I remember it happening. And it was just like, seriously, Volkswagen? Seriously? (laughs) And that's just another way of them using the ploy tactic. Number four, irrelevant claims. When environmental claims are made by a company, but the company cannot or won't prove evidence to back it up. It might be an irrelevant claim. An example of this is you might come across labels that say they're free of certain chemicals. Sometimes the actual substance might be banned by the government or law, and it's irrelevant to advertising as going green. So sometimes companies will put free of blah, 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 but that country actually bans that ingredient. So all products actually do not have that ingredient in it. But it's just a way for companies to be like, look at me, look at me. I don't have that ingredient in my products. When in fact, like all products don't have that ingredient. In addition, you might come across labels like not tested on animals. This becomes irrelevant in places like China where testing on animals is required by law. Either intentionally or inadvertently, companies continue to bend the truth or simply ignore it. Another example is when a company claims a product is beneficial to the environment when it's only less harmful than it was before, aka they changed only one ingredient, but then they advertise it as in being green, greener, or organic version of the other one. A good example is laundry detergent or cleaning products with normal and green versions. So there's a lot of companies out there that'll have a green product, but then they have the regular counterpart out there. So it's kind of irrelevant, some of the claims that they're coming up with. And lastly, number five, bait and switch. A company that promotes one of their products or collections as being green and environmentally friendly when in fact most of their product line is not eco-friendly or green at all. Corporations can put up an act of being environmentally friendly, low waste, and have a very non-environmentally friendly trade-off. An example of this is when clothing companies use natural or recycled materials, while the materials actually developed through exploitation, which to no surprise does not meet the definition of recycling. And a great example of this is the H&M Conscious Collection. So they have... (laughs) H&M has terrible working conditions for their employees overseas, as well as there are no true eco-friendly plan to reduce fashion waste. And I just wanted to give an example. So you have H&M, who is the majority of their clothing is fast fashion, like all of it, right? And they're hoping that you're going to see a big sign that says conscious collection, organic and recycled materials are used in the making of these products. But in fact, like it's all made overseas, like I said, and they're not treating their workers fair. So regardless, (laughs) if they're made of like recycled materials and organic cotton, just the fact that they don't pay their employees fair wages just totally turns me off. But what I wanted to say is 
So the consumer sees, oh, they have a conscious collection. I'm going to go, you know, do my part and buy some organic t-shirts. And then they walk in and 90% of their clothing is non-organic, is just not part of the conscious collection. So they're hoping (laughs) that people come in and buy the other products as well. So it's a bait and switch. Come in, look at me, look at me, but over here, look what we have over here. So it's just to be mindful and aware that companies do this. There are a lot of fast fashion, say that 10 times fast, fast fashion brands that do that. They come out with a green collection to show the world, hey, I care about the environment. But if you really, really did care, you'd pay your workers fair wages and your whole collection would start to be a green collection. Genuine companies that care about the planet would definitely provide more information about energy, water condition, greenhouse gas emissions, and more. So a really, truly like company that really cares, they're going to be able to answer your questions when you go to your website, when it comes to, like I said, energy, water conditions, and all that kind of stuff, and how their workers are paid, and where the clothing is made, or where the product is made. Greenwashing has been around for a long time, yet it has escalated in the recent years. On the one hand, it's great to see customers reaching for green products. But on the other hand, it's harmful to the public's health as well as the environment when companies use misleading labels, packaging, and marketing to promote green products that aren't actually green. I hope you learned something new about greenwashing from this episode and inspire others to live a little more green. For more green living inspiration, listen to my latest episode, including episode 23, Waste Free Closet Cleanout, Episode 22, The Eco-Impact of Fast Fashion. And episode 21, Eight Ways to Create a Low-Waste Lunch. Stay connected with me on Instagram at Green Junkie Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie Podcast on the platform you're listening on. If you're curious about zero-waste living, sustainable fashion, or wondering how to read food, cleaning, and product labels, I've got you covered. For direct access to me... Click the link in the show notes where you can ask me questions and get a customized plan on how you can live a greener life. Hop on a one-on-one call with me or ask me your questions via email if Zoom is not your thing. Or let's chat over Voxer. It's a web-based app. I will be your green Google and you can pick my brain. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.